0: welcome to season four of manifesting mari but wait season three wasn't that only two episodes how long are each season? what are episodes what's even happening guys who even cares who's even listening barely me so let's do this show This is another episode of Manifesting Mari. Hi, I'm Mari and I'm manifesting. Hi. Um I'm on the toilet right now <laughs> and um I uh, you know what? I just wanted to work this out and feel this out. Um this morning I noticed a part of me that was basically, like, petrified. It was numb. It was just unfeeling. Like, my girl looked like a fucking sex doll. Like, she was just frozen, just there. And that part of me represented all the times I just I dissociated from my body where I was going through a very traumatic or stressful time and I just left my body. And, um, you know, they say that you do that. It's like a survival method, like the dissociation. You know, there's fight, flight, and freeze. And um, freeze is definitely a thing I do. Um, and I have done in order to survive, in order to cope with what I was going through. Um, I found this numb part of me this morning as I was, um, You know, thinking about why I I wanted to be loved by other people so badly. And it's because growing up, my concept of love was like really fucked up. Simply because my parents' concept of love was really fucked up. And you know, I'm choosing to end that cycle with me. Like, I want my child. I want the people I know. To be able to feel truly and unconditionally loved by me. And also, I want to end the cycle where, you know, we stop. We stop loving other people more than we love ourselves. I want to feel like I love myself. Right, I want to feel unconditional love for every part of myself. So when I found this this numb part of me I realized that that it showed up to to show me something about myself to teach me something about myself and um, i can feel another part of me it's like a like a 13 year old version or 14 maybe even a 19 20 year old version of me like that wants to yell at this numb part of me where it's like, just keep going. What are you doing? You can't just stay here. You need to keep moving. You need to keep going. But you can't tell it. It's petrified. It can't. That part of me can't. It can't move. It It was just unable to feel. Unable to... Unable to even register what's going on. It's like an empty shell of a person. And, you know, I feel like there were these external pleasures and connections that I would lean into in order to avoid that numb part of me. Or that's the only way the numb part of me could actually feel something, right? But that those are all temporary. Like... The me now approaches this numb part with with patience and love and compassion. The past few days, I've been really dealing with my abandonment wound. And I'm like, why do I feel so abandoned? Like, you know, there's so many ways. And it was manifested in my last romantic relationship. Where I'm still feeling the pain of him leaving me. But then I realized that pain showed up to show me this. This version of me that has also left me and abandoned me. The times I've dissociated, the times I've left myself and I've like thrown my body to the fucking wolves. Right? Like I checked the fuck out. And it was all about what am I going to do to just survive? What am I going to do to just get through this? And then I would put myself in more situations where I'm just surviving. And I'm tired of that. It's tiring to keep trying to survive when when we're in a world where we can do more than that. (sighs) You know, like... My parents came from fucking rural Philippines, like... Survival was, like, their only thing, right? Like, my dad came from a farming family, one of 12 kids, 11 kids, some shit like that. My mom came from the coast. At least my mom was, like, a little bit better. She got adopted by a man who was in the Navy and his wife. But, like, my mom went through all this trauma. And her family put her in situations... Deca- and, and my mom had to survive through that. She wasn't allowed to thrive. She wasn't allowed to figure out what she wanted for her. She wasn't allowed to figure out her own light, her own love. She was, she was all of that was taken away from her through the society that scolded her. And those habits were were, I, I inherited all of that. In my birth, that's what I inherited. I see the way my mom dissociates and I go, oh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, huh? The way it was just literally sitting there and taking what's happening to her. And I think a big part of me, the the angry part of me, it was me being angry at my mom. You know, in my teen years, I was I was really rebellious—not really rebellious, but like rebellious for the good Filipino standard—and I I just constantly, constantly, just would choose not to stay still and choose to do something and and push the boundaries somewhere because. Because I could see what staying still did. And it's just, when you're still, you just, you have to observe the pain. And I didn't want to observe the pain. I just wanted it to go away. I wanted, I thought it was something that needed to be fixed. And, you know, going through my healing process, my own personal child work, it was... It was a lot of me being frustrated with the scared parts of me because I didn't want to face what I was really afraid of. I'm sorry, I'm gonna pee. Because I'm still on the toilet. (laughs) I don't know if you heard me pee. (laughs) Ah. this is what I do with my life, okay? I I I go through trauma by myself on my toilet and then make a podcast about it. Like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> what else is there to do? Um, I wouldn't change this life for a second, to be honest. Like, I love this. I am... I, I, I recognize the, the imperfect and the messy and the horrible that has happened. But all everything that's happened in my life has brought me right here to this moment where I can look at the numb part of myself and have a dialogue with it. And by dialogue right now, it's just me talking at it. And it's me telling this numb part of myself, you're loved and you're safe and you're protected. Because I I feel, I know, or I hope, I don't know, that she's going to start feeling, right? She's going to start coming back, and I want her to start coming back. She's a part of me. I don't want her to be gone, and I think this part of me sometimes... Like, the opposite side of the coin of her, like, takes over, and it's just this, like, succubus, this manipulative, like, I'll just get whatever I want out of somebody in order to feel a thing. And I I don't want to treat people like that anymore. That's not fair. That's not right. Because I've been treated like that, and I don't want that for me or for anyone. You know, I I know this part of me is is going to come back and wake up, but it needs a lot of love and a lot of patience and compassion and forgiveness. It's so big. It's dead basically. the thought that's coming to my head now is that is do I need to bury it like am I just keeping it alive like that weird doctor and that what's that name it was like a doctor in like the 1940s and there was like a Hispanic woman who was really sick and he like told her he would treat her (laughs) he would take care of her and he like fell madly in love with her and then like he like paid for all her medical expenses but she still died and then he like took her out of her tomb and then like preserved her body and then was trying to build a rocket ship to send her to the stars like am i just doing that with this numb part of myself that's already dead that should be like like maybe i should put her in like a viking boat and push her off into the river and like On a flaming barge. You know what I mean? Like I don't. (laughs) Like I'm not sure. If I even need to do anything with this part of me. I think just the fact that. I know it's there. Is such an improvement. From where I was at. Like a month ago. A year ago. Five years ago. (laughs) Just like registering. That a part of me does feel numb. That I do dissociate. That that's a thing that happens. And it happened for a reason. It happened because it's a part of me that was trying to keep me protected. It's a part of me that's... That was unable to deal with what was going on. And that's okay because I was a child. right? Like... Like, I was hit growing up, and I I don't remember the pain of being hit. Which led me into this, like, really weird rabbit hole of BDSM where I would get hit for pleasure. You know what it is? it's the mental pleasure right so like I would get hit when I was younger and be told I was a good girl for allowing myself to be hit and then that translated well into BDSM oh I'm gonna flush my shit down the toilet now this is this podcast today friends me talking about my trauma and then talking about my toilet shit <laughs> No edits. I don't care anymore. I'm sorry you don't like the podcast. Too bad. Find a different one to listen to then. (laughs) I'm sure in my future, I'm going to have some kind of like PR person and be like, hey, you know, a lot of your... (laughs) a lot of your podcasts are just you either crying or on the toilet and crying and i'm just gonna be like yeah i don't understand what's wrong with that and then, don't you think you should clean that up a bit no hey a lot of your podcasts just don't have edits and it just doesn't make sense well fine great good no <laughs> weed out a weed out the week no not like but yeah i don't know I, I under I know that there are people and I am very grateful for the people who this podcast resonates with. Y'all are real the real ones. Like, like I'm so grateful for you reaching out and saying hi and, and, and telling me that you enjoy this because it's a lot of just me talking at my phone about my trauma, which is like real cool that you like that. Um Ugh yeah, this numb part of me is just, um, I, I feel, I don't know if it's that, like, I want her to wake up, so I think she's waking up, or if I sincerely feel her waking up, you know, um, I don't think I'm going to push it anymore, because I, I know she's there, I can feel her. And I could feel when I embody her now. Like, I could feel it, like, just feeling in shock and numb and not feeling anything. You know, I want to, like, misfrizzle it and, like, shrink down in a tiny school bus and go inside her and just, like, fill her with love. And, you know, also realizing that that's myself, right? Like, these past two days have been, like, really weird and really dark for me. I had a wonderful cacao ceremony led by my beautiful friend, Eric. And it really unleashed a lot of stuff. It really opened up a lot, especially my inner child, who's been... She has a lot of healing. She is <sighs> as much understanding and compassion that I have. Now, my parents are fucked up. Like, it still doesn't excuse. What happened to me? It still doesn't excuse the fact that I was hit and made to feel pain just for existing. That's what it really hurts, right? It really hurts <laughs> recognizing that pain, that sadness. <laughs> wanting to be good wanting my parents to love me there's just always so much fear fear of making somebody mad fearing anger Which is why I have a hard time expressing my anger in a healthy way. It just ends up exploding because I don't know how to let it out in a healthy way yet. I'm, I'm trying so hard to figure that out. I'm trying so hard to be patient with myself as I figure it out. You know, I really had to come to terms that I was physically abused growing up when I was little you know like at one point my parent my dad stopped hitting me my mom would just be like I brought it up to her the other day and she was like who hit you I was like dad she's like I didn't hit you I'm like yeah but you let it happen just like the level of emotional immaturity is just really difficult it's really difficult it's just sad like I'm very grateful for the people in my life who are able to talk me through and help me through these really difficult times I'm very blessed To have found friends who are able to hold space, who are able to see the world through this different lens, who are focused on their healing and their growth and wanting to be better and do better. I I love these people and I love meeting more people who are just, who want to heal, who want to find a more loving part of themselves, a more loving version of themselves, to love every part of themselves, like, (sighs) This part of me that's like numb and scared, like the more love that I give this version of me, the more forgiveness I could give to the situations where I myself have been frozen and, or acted out of fear or other people have been frozen or acted out of fear. A lot of us are acting out of fear right now right a lot of us i don't care what side of the political spectrum you're on i i don't care you know where you stand a lot a lot of decisions we make as humans are fear based and it's interesting because a lot of people say well it's out of love and i'm like true love i don't think acts like the way a lot of people act right it's fear and naming it as fear helps us identify it better so we can get a better handle on it, right? There was no love in that teenage boy who went and murdered all those people in Buffalo. For no God. for I'm not even going to say for no God. He had a reason. His reason was fear and hate and evil. A sincere evil took over this person. There was no love. Love was absent there. That's what happens when we don't have empathy. That's what happens when we're not modeled that. We grow up thinking that it's okay to go on a mass, basically, genocide of people who are different from us. Absolutely ridiculous. Why are we still doing that? It's so dumb. It's dumb. It's there's nothing apart part of it that is intelligent or intellectual. It's dumb, it's stupid. White supremacy is a delusion. Thinking that one race is more supreme, thinking that one group of people are more supreme, Absolutely ridiculous. I could feel like the pain in all of that. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's just pain that begets more pain. For the sake of pain. And there are people who are perpetuating it. We need to realize that, right? We need to point out the people. Like, what's his name on Fox News, whatever. I forget his name. I was like, let's point him out. Like, that one asshole, whose name I don't know, (laughs) who's speaking about that. There's this, like, whole idea that we're trying, like, the minorities are trying to take over the united states and take away from white people fuck that you know what yeah we are cuz y'all ain't doing it right ridiculous why should we have representation that doesn't equally represent the population of the united states that makes no fucking sense yes we need to we need to take over because you guys are fucking it up you've been fucking it up and it is so fucked right now because of you and you don't realize it because you're the only one who benefits and you lack the empathy you lack the empathy someone did not give you enough love growing up so you feel that it's okay for you to project this level of unlovingness to others you have made money your god You have made prophets and you have made this You have made this bastardized version of God and it is absolutely disgusting. It's disgusting. (sighs) There's my healthy anger. i feel like tucker carlson just needs like a like a really sincere like hug i'm like hey buddy are you okay i feel like there's a little part of him there's like a small like his inner child where like something happened and someone said to him like your feelings don't matter and like got like a bunch of money and just slapped him in the face with it and he thought wow well, i need to get a bunch of money and slap people in the face with it so i can matter and my feelings matter and i'm gonna get a talk show or get on the news so what i have to say matters so i can finally be seen and heard and my feelings can be seen and heard when it isn't real his real feelings like or maybe they are his real feelings i don't know Tucker Carlson is that his name I I really don't watch it because it's just it drains me it's like oh my god this bullshit (laughs) like this it's pain it's watching pain right it's like it really is like watching a car crash (sighs) how did I get here I have no idea But here, I mean, like, this part in the podcast where I'm talking about my uh, things I'm angry about. And then also, like, here, as in, like, at this point and place in time, in this iteration with everything that's going on. How did I get here? (laughs) What? Well... You know, I feel like it just comes back to naming the parts of yourself and having a dialogue with parts of yourself that are kind of unknown, right? Or unheard or unseen that want to be witnessed. There there are parts of your pain that want to be witnessed. There are parts of your joy that want to be witnessed. And in order to do that, we need to come back and be present with ourselves and who we are. We need to, you know... as important it is to stay you know up on current events, sometimes we need to take ourselves out of that and come back into ourselves because that's where the real change is going to happen. okay, I don't know what else to say. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate you. I love you and um i just I just wish for your greatest good. Thank you so much. Reach out to me if you enjoy this. I would love for people to say hi. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Manifesting Mari. Follow me on Instagram at manifesting underscore Mari, and follow my weight loss journey on Instagram at manifesting underscore weight loss.